The amazing annals of the brave and the bold teach much. To shun evil's touch. To face disaster unflinching. To beware the twists of fate. But here, in a story they warned could not be told, you and the Batman will learn the most shattering lesson of all. How to make a superhero. Hero, hero, ro, ro, ro. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Brave and the Bob. So, back by popular demand for another crazy issue is my friend from the Outcasters, Tim Price. How are you, my friend? I'm fine, Billy. Thank you for having me back. I And I'm so glad that you had that request. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I'm, yep. I'm sure. Pl- I'm I'm sure it was plural. I'm sure it was plural and not just one request. Yes, from, like you know, my, my, as, from my mother saying, uh, you know, can you please put my son back on the show? <laughs> yes, my, you know how moms are. My three listeners all clamored and said, "Get him back! Get him back!" So anyway, <laughs> here we are. Man, all three. Jeez. What are the odds? You are a star. <laughs> my my outcaster listener is probably you know feeling feeling a little bit uh put out now darn it mm-hmm. better but start I'm glad to be back i'm glad to be back because your show is so fun and the comics you cover are um as we have said many times insane which is fantastic <laughs> yes that was the whole point of the show for me was you know diving uh deeply into brave and the bold and anything bob haney and uh oh yeah this uh, this one today is uh insane which is you know, translates to awesome. And there's some world's finest coming up and some other things. Oh yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be fun. So we're going to be it's talking a, about, it's a doozy. Yeah. This is a uh, brave and the bold One Twenty Three. So just the issue right before the one you and I covered uh, on the very first episode here. And this is a, uh, this is an interesting yeah. one here. This one has a, a, a wild cover here by Mr. Jim Aparo and colors by Tatiana Wood. So this is a, mm-hmm. a December 1975 cover date. So what do you make of this cover here? This cover, uh, wow, yeah, I don't know what to say about it. Batman, Plastic Man, and Metamorpho. What a what a trio. Yeah, let's start off with that. Is that that's our lineup for this issue? And yes, it is kind of crazy that I'm I'm not intentionally going backwards through the issues here from 124, but I, maybe we don't have a choice anymore maybe we're just gonna have to keep on going when i'm next on i don't know mm-hmm. i don't we're we're not in charge of that are we i think that i think the <laughs> listener i mean listeners <laughs> listeners are in charge mm-hmm. of that but yeah we have three stars in this book with batman Ma- plastic man and metamorpho uh it says in the top banner a titanic trio team up it's like <laughs> oh yeah Mm-hmm. you're not kidding uh and again yeah a fantastic jim Aparo cover i don't get enough of talking about jim Aparo um with batman and the outsiders we've reached the era of alan davis being the artist which is great oh okay but but boy i do i am i am jonesing for some jim Aparo artwork so this is a good excuse for that thank you um we have our three all three of the characters have their classic logos on the cover so that's fantastic but we have metamorpho in the shape of i'm gonna call it a whirly bird mm-hmm. uh, with his head sticking out of the front and the big propeller overhead and plastic man is on a rooftop with his arm reached up grabbing metamorpho around the neck and <laughs> holding him tight while he's plastic man has kind of braced himself to the rooftop to pull him down 
and we see down below oh there's a city street there's some pedestrians there's uh trucks cars and a school bus of course there's a school bus nearby a superhero fight of course mm-hmm. i mean why wouldn't there be um and there's oh by the way and there's batman on the cover and batman is being thrown out of his whirly bird seat up towards the propeller that's overhead <laughs> and, and metamorpho's face looks like what and batman's looking like I'm going to die. And it's, <laughs> it's, it is an amazing cover of hero on hero battle. So yeah, I, it's pretty awesome. So what do you think about this cover? Yeah, it's like a, like a powder blue background, which I think works well with mm. what's going on here. But yeah, Batman, I don't mm. know how he's not already hitting the blade. Other than yeah, that, though, yeah. it looks great. Crazy cover. And again, not a bait and switch. Uh, there is a uh, scene in this comic that, you know, Batman is riding around on Metamorpho. So get ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I am used to this phenomenon with uh, Batman and the Outsiders. Metamorpho often provided transport for the team um, mm. in some fashion or another. Um, so it's not too unusual for that to be the case. And it's just it's just a trip because that's one fun thing with a shapeshifter like both him and Plastic Man is, you know, turning themselves into vehicles for other people to care to be carted around. So, yeah. yeah, I dig it. Yeah, which is insane, but I do like it too. Yeah, so this one mm-hmm. is called How to Make a Superhero, and it's uh, written by our uh, uh, the, the god of insanity himself, Bob Haney, and we have <laughs> pencils, inks, and letters by Mr. Jim Aparo, colors by Carl Gafford, and edited uh, Murray Boltonoff, and we know that for a fact because Murray mm. made a... Uh, a uh, guest appearance in 124 that we talked about last time. Oh, well. right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, before we get, before we get into the story too much, I forgot to mention one last thing on the cover that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, there's some storefront signs down in the bottom left corner. Yes. And I, I wonder if you know who these people would be referring to. I'm not positive myself. I've done a little bit of looking, but I'm not sure. Yeah, the the one that I can there well, there's two that you can read clearly, and one says yes. Harrison. Uh, so uh, I yes. don't know, I don't know who that would uh, refer to. And then the other one, it's like A P L. Is it E R Appler? I read it as Adler. Oh, Adler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure about that either. But then the one that's like partially obscured by the edge of the. Uh, the cover here almost looks like it says Tino. So is it Carmine Infantino? Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure and, about those yeah. two. Yeah, that's the the first one of Tino is like my best guess is be Carmine. That would be mm-hmm. my best guess. Yeah. Um, for for Harrison, that one's the challenge because you know if you I, I did go look at uh, Mike's Amazing World and pull up creators um, at mikesamazingworld.com, and there are six creators listed with the last name of Harrison. Um, mm-hmm. Three of them do have some artistic credits to them there's a george harrison probably not the same george harrison we're thinking of (laughs) because he was drawing in the 1940s but he was drawing for pep comics Hmm, interesting you know yeah yeah so you know one of the the um starting grounds for archie so that's interesting but there also is a harry harrison who did a lot of work for quality and ec including drawing some black hawk Vault of Horror, Haunt of Fear. So, mm-hmm. huh. 
That yeah. sounds like someone that Jim Apparel would know. Yep. I'm thinking that's and, probably the guy. And the last one, though, is Saul Harrison, who is a DC Comics editor who specialized in some of their, um, what's the word, treasury editions. And oh. it includes the th- three of the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer treasury <laughs> editions. <laughs> These were oh. all published between 1972 and 1976. So this might be this might be the right timing for that. But I'm not positive. I need to double check on could the be. Yeah, comic, could be. The comic itself. But yeah, so like 1972 to 1976. And it also includes things like Amazing World of Superman, which was, you know, pretty great. Oh, and yeah. um, an issue of first issue special number four. Um, what did that issue feature? Uh, oh, it featured Lady Cop. Favorite oh. <laughs> of our friends at the Fire and Water Network, Lady Cop. Yeah. And the big one on this guy's credits, Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, wow. Number one. That's like, a biggie. Oh, my gosh. You that if it's I don't think it's him, though. I don't think this, this credit really is going to him. But the fact that it that that's why I found I'm already loving it. I'm yeah, already loving wild. that for that. Because this 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 is a, that's pretty cool. Um, for Adler, that was a little bit, that was actually a little bit easier. There was only a couple of things missing for Adler. There was one gentleman, Arthur Adler, who, um, did some writing in the 1940s for DC and only has four credits, three in 1940 and one in 1971. So it's like, it's probably not. Wow. Yeah, probably not. But then there's a Jack Adler who was a very, who's very prolific cover artist. I didn't, he's not listed for any interior credits. He might have some, but they're just not on Mike's Amazing World. But he has a lot of cover credits for like mm-hmm. GI Combat, Sea Devils, Western Comics, and even a couple of Green Lanterns. So, yeah. and look, looking at his covers there, it's like, dang, those are some pretty great covers. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to choose to think that it's, um, that it's Joe Adler that, no, Jack Adler, sorry. Jack, yeah. Jack Adler that that might be referring to. So I just had to go down that rabbit hole because, hey, that's what Bob Haney makes you do. Anyway, <laughs> it's right. I mean, that's what Haney would do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, you as soon as you said Jack Adler, that did ring a bell with me. So, yeah, that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And the other one, too. Yeah, that's interesting. So I love how comic book artists and writers do that kind of crazy stuff. I love that. It's just mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those little things that. You know, if you don't know about it, it's not like you're missing out on anything. But when you do know about it or find out about it, it makes mm-hmm. it that much better, more fun and more cool. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, yeah, I'm going to do a little quick synopsis here from uh, the DC fandom website. It's a little bit longer than usual, but uh, this this uh, issue is kind of crazy. So I, I think I kind of need this help to keep my bearings and not go, you know, insane here before we get to <laughs> the end. <laughs> so I'm going to launch into that and then we will uh, dive right into this issue. How's that sound? That sounds great. All right. So after helping stop crooks from robbing a bank, Batman is asked to arrest Bruce Wayne, who is wanted for fraud and murder. Batman goes to Istanbul to capture Wayne, who is there to purchase the Neji, an expensive totem from the Kahari tribe of Africa. Wayne is there to purchase it to bring it back to its native tribe that has erupted into violence. There he's confronted by Batman. Hmm who really turns out to be Plastic Man. It's revealed that the real Bruce Wayne was looking for the ideal candidate to pose as him 
while he was out of town securing the totem when he came across Plastic Man, who had become a homeless bum following their last encounter, and offered him the chance to play the role of the Cape Crusader, an offer which Plastic Man agreed to, and hence the reason for this bizarre turn of events. Taken back to Gotham City, Bruce Wayne is found guilty of his crimes and locked up in prison. There he's visited by his, air quotes, lawyer, who turns out to be Rex Mason, a.k.a. Metamorpho, in disguise. He gives Bruce a spare Batman costume, and the two break out of prison and begin looking for Plastic Man. Their search brings them to Ruby Rider Incorporated, where Batman tries to see if Plastic Man has rekindled his old flame with Rider. The hunch turns out to be true. Ryder, having learned of Plastic Man's recent assignment posing as the Batman, allowed her to manipulate Plastic Man once more. She had used him to frame Bruce Wayne to eliminate him as a bidding rival for the Neji, which she wishes to claim for her own. All right, well, I'm going to stop there. That's only about two-thirds of this uh, synopsis here, so I'm going to stop there, though, because... Uh, what? We, <laughs> we, we, we need to just uh, yeah. dive, dive in here. So <laughs> this <Yeah>. opening... <laughs> opening page and opening scene here what uh what are your thoughts here with batman and the cops and uh they're at a gotham national bank branch and there's people in there trying to rob the bank and they're out there trying to you know stop them obviously so what do you think of this scene here this is crazy i uh, this actually looks like a fairly standard crime comic book opening for a batman book mm -hmm. um you know it's they might have hostages inside um, the band's already killed one of them. So they're, you know, the cops are really on edge and Batman's on edge. He's like, no way, Captain, those rats would only kill the other hotches once they were clear. Keep stalling. I'll find an answer soon. Um, so yeah, Batman is very Batmaning it right away. So mm -hmm. love that. Um, also, well, I, I wonder if the, you know, there's, they're standing on green grass and it's like, it's a story, Bob Haney, Art, Jim Apparel. And I wonder if that's in the, is that in the grass itself? Is the grass actually have those words written in grass? I in that, in, in I Haney's know. mind, probably, yeah. Probably, probably. <laughs> and then we turn the page to part one, The Impossible <laughs> Imposter, which is a great title of this chapter. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it works on a couple different levels. We have a woman drives up to the drive-in window of the bank and puts a grenade in the drawer and the crooks inside are dumb enough to pull it in. And, <laughs> yeah, now, this is great. The, it's it's a cop disguised as an old woman, and <laughs> and it's like what? And yeah, so the grenade goes off. The crooks are thrown off, and Batman comes charging in, knocks a couple around, throws a bag of nickels at the last one to knock him out. <laughs> and this is this is great. Batman it is great. Batman. It is. He is Batmaning it to the fullest. And the cop who was in disguise comes around. It's like um, Sergeant Kuski here deserves half the credit, Captain. He makes a very convincing old lady. And uh, <laughs> so it's like, I, and, you know, I don't think that that's not really funny in itself. I'm, you know, it, today, by today's eyes. I mean, obviously, back then, it's like it might have been a little bit. You know, we all we all know that they it was uh, something that would have been more like a joke thing to have dressed as a woman. But it's like, sure. Yeah. You know, it it. It also just works great for the story, just straight for the story. It's like, yeah, he, the cop did the job. You know, <laughs> it worked, <laughs> didn't it? Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a great opening fight just to establish, you know, that, you know, think all is well in Gotham. There's crooks that Batman has to punch. Excellent. And 
then Commissioner Gordon comes up and says, I'm giving you one of the biggest assignments of your career. Bring the man on this arrest warrant. He's charged with fraud and murder. Go get him. Get Bruce Wayne. Don't worry, Commissioner. That rich, spoiled playboy may think he's above the law, but no man is. It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) We have gotten to page three, and we're already in the Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a classic kind of Silver Age setup for a story. It is so just ripe with that Silver Age wackiness that always would happen, you know. Superman has to go get Superman has to go go save Clark Kent. It's like, what? Or Clark Kent, you have to go save Superman. It's like that kind of thing would happen plenty. So <laughs> it works right in it. But we have, you know, this wackiness and we have Jim Apera's artwork, which plays it totally straight. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, the, the action and stuff is already through the roof with the fight scene. So, yeah, we have all that going on. And I just this is a a bang up beginning, you know, right out of the gate, a bang up beginning. I, I really loved it. What, what did you think about this opening scene? Oh yeah. Like you said, the first page you're looking at it and you're thinking, okay, this is just, you know, this could be a Batman comic or a detective comic. So you're mm-hmm. thinking, all right, cool. And like you said, you flip the page. And when you see this purple uh, car driving up to the drive through, I, I love the dialogue. I love, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. I love uh, like crook, like dumb crook meathead dialogue. We have uh, the two crooks inside, and one says, <laughs> "One says, Monk, some old dame wheeling toward the drive-in window." And Monk says, "Let her, co- <laughs> let her come. We'll take her deposits too." And she deposits a grenade in there. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, That's not what you're expecting. So yeah, hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then I also love uh, the next page there, three two, where the cop that dressed up as the old lady, you know, as a uh, Batman and this other cop. Uh, are having a little talk about it, and he says, here comes Commissioner Gordon, probably to congratulate us. And I'm thinking, mm, probably not. Do you read comics, dude? He doesn't really congratulate anybody, but maybe Batman once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great, great oh, armor by Apparel. For, forgotten again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's one. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and then, of course, you're thinking to yourself, too, okay, turn the page, and you see Bruce Wayne, and, you know, he is in, a turkey and this and that's going on and he's talking to this guy you're thinking okay everything up until this point is like okay no problem because you're thinking to yourself okay you know batman slash bruce wayne uh, he was like don't worry commissioner i'll bring him in and he's thinking to himself how am i going to get out of this one and he had to fly to turkey for some business a- again not a problem but when you get to mm-hmm. page five here's the problem we see batman trying to arrest bruce wayne and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. figure it out. It's crazy. And then here's here's the rub. And this is where I got thrown off a little bit on page five here. You know, you look at those first three, you know, uh, panels. And mm-hmm. when Bat- Batman grabs Bruce Wayne, he says, Bruce Wayne says, you here? Is this a joke? You're breaking our deal. And Batman says, the Batman makes no deals with criminals. This warrant says you're wanted for fraud and murder. And Bruce Wayne, murder? This is crazy. Listen, remember just a week ago, back in Gotham City, I was making a routine patrol as Batman. When? And then the scene switches, and you see, you know, Batman grabbing this uh, hobo here. And it it does straighten itself out very quickly. But as I read it through the first time, you know, panel one, or I'm sorry, one, two, three, panel four and five, it switches scenes. And the panel border is like a little 
uh, I'm I'm trying to think of what word you would use there. Uh, almost like it's, it's like squiggly. Yeah, it's a little squiggly, but that wasn't enough for my little pea brain to figure out. We had oh. you know <laughs> we had switched into the past here. So I was like, uh... wait, wait, what? And then Batman immediately recognizes this hobo as Plastic Man. Not sure how he did that, but okay. <laughs> right. It's, it's very squiggly because it's got a from Wayne's World right there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yep. exactly what it is. So, <laughs> now I, but I understand it's it's very it is subtle. It's it's not it's not overt like some hint, hints hints of a flashback would would look like. So I understand completely. But mm-hmm. you know, and also that's one of the funny things reading this through is, um, and maybe I I try to remember if I caught this on the first time I read it, which was a while ago. But on that first panel, page four, it's like there's a whole little montage of Batman trying to find Bruce Wayne. And the narration does imply that Batman is working to find Bruce Wayne. And there's not really like a internal uh, dilemma or anything. It's like, no, I got to find Bruce Wayne. It's like, (laughs) what? Which is what you say a lot during a Bob Haney story. And that's what, yes. that's why we come to them. That's what comes from. And then it's like Bruce Wayne's just casually buying uh, uh, an, an artifact in the East because you know that's what you do apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and he's Bruce Wayne it very nicely. He's he's looking pretty suave. He's got his uh, tan jacket, his blue shirt with polka dots on it, and no tie, just unbuttoned at the top. It's like mm. yeah, he's looking he's looking suave out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But oh, yeah. The twist is like when he goes into the room, uh, his hotel room and close the door and Batman slaps a handcuff onto Bruce's wrist as he comes <laughs> in and then gets the other one on him right away. Mm-hmm. It's like one off. That's a pretty slick move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You, you've just handcuffed him as he's coming in the door. That is darn slick. Um, but yeah, the whole thing, the whole conversation here is like, you do have a few panels. Thankfully, they let us off the hook very fast on the same page of letting it know that plastic man appears like, oh, so it starts, the things start to fall into place very quickly. But if they had dragged this out a few more pages, it would have been, it would have been even more mind boggling. So I mm-hmm. did like the fact that to a degree they they gave us plenty of that. It's like a roller coaster. It's like, it's a fast change a fast switch to keep you on your toes yeah he does batman does then say to uh the hobo plastic man huh plastic man and black plastic man says correct batman from crime fighter to bum in a few easy steps and then they reference back Mm -hmm. to brave and the bold 95 which is an insane story as well i've read that one uh i think i read i may have read that one way before i read this one ah interesting i i -hmm. read this one just before our recording to catch myself up on that story just in case. And it's like, no, you didn't need to know anything else about that story. You really no. didn't. No. <laughs> oh, just Ruby Ryder is the only thing that's really mm-hmm. has anything to do well, with it that. A, I guess the end of that story does establish nicely that Plastic Man um, has made a big mistake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't really explain becoming a, a um, someone living on the streets. But it does explain that he had a he made a big mistake and a big fall. And so, um, and I think that's probably the only continuity that they had between that story and this story anyway, was that there was nothing else between with plastic man listed between those two. So mm. yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. 
And we see mm. right away something's up with Plastic Man because uh, Bruce, you know, says to him like, hey, you know, you need to fill in for me. It's going to be great because I got to go out of town. And he's like, all right. And then we switch back to, you know, the present where, you know, air quotes, Batman is, you know, handcuffed and arresting Bruce Wayne. And Bruce is like, don't you remember? I'm Batman. You're Plastic Man. Come on, mm -hmm. pal. This joke's gone far enough. And Plastic Man, in the form of Batman, says, your story's a joke, Wayne. I'm the Batman, and you're a wanted killer. I'm taking back to Gotham to face justice. <laughs> I love how he says, <laughs> Bruce Wayne, why, you imbe imbecile? I'll, and he punches yeah. him. <laughs> That's so great. Oh, I love that scene. Oh, yeah. Mm. Imbecile. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to endear yourself to somebody who thinks he's Batman. Mm -hmm. But yeah, because and also it's like, is you you're still going through this going, is Plastic Man putting on an act not knowing what's going on here? Mm -hmm. But also, and also and I don't think they really answer it well, of like, wait, did Plastic Man act did Batman actually tell Plastic Man that he's Bruce Wayne? Mm -hmm. And maybe and mm -hmm. does he really know that part? Or <clears throat> and if if, if he didn't tell him in advance, I, it, it still works, <laughs> but it's like it kind of changes the tone of, mm -hmm. you know, Bruce Wayne trying to convince Plastic Man that he is Bruce Wayne, that, that he is Batman when he doesn't when when it's like, I don't know who Batman is. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, so I'm not going to let I'm not going to let on. You kind of still have that uncertainty about that. Whereas if he did know that he was Bruce Wayne already, it becomes very much a something is really wrong. <laughs> but you, yeah. don't know, you don't know what you don't know what it is on the if, at face value without knowing for sure that he's told Plastic Man that he's Bruce, that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person. You don't necessarily know that. So mm -hmm. it's in, I, I kind of it's kind of interesting. I'm overthinking it, of course. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm thinking to myself, OK, does Plastic Man have like, you know short-term memory loss here you know that he you know the old comic mm -hmm. book trope that he get hit over the head and he you know he, he right. can't remember or something like that but it's just mm -hmm. like he no he doesn't even think he's plastic man he thinks he's batman so that's what really was like right what in the world is going on here but yeah oh why you imbecile and tries to punch him and plastic batman says your puny punches don't phase me besides <laughs> those istanbul police are backing me up Let's go. And they just jump on Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and the next thing you know, we're, we're back in Gotham and there's Bruce Wayne in front of a judge. And the judge is like, lock him up and says, no bail as well. And I'm thinking, wow, a first time offender, yeah. no bail. And he thinks to himself, good God, this can this be happening to me? The Batman? <laughs> right. So I love it. And then, you know, part oh, two or chapter two, because, you know, they're doing the parts, chapters, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them in the, in the books for quite some time here. You know, uh, Bruce is sitting in a cell and he's, uh, you know, uh, monologuing to himself. And I love when uh, the door opens and they hear this guy, a cop, say, your lawyer to see you, Wayne. Or I guess maybe it's a cop or a prison guard. And right. I love the panel, mm -hmm. panel three there where the prison guard is walking out. The prison guard looks like Bruce Wayne. I'm like, wait a minute. What? What's going on here? Yeah, it's <laughs> not not helping us with the faces in this one. They're little. <laughs> there are a few of them that are a little too similar. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, although, he turns around. What? Although, I, I'm reading this digitally on okay. DCU Infinite, um, not not a hard copy of it. Um, and with the recoloring they have to do for these digital comics, maybe this would have been, it would have been easier to tell the difference between them with the original coloring. 
Because that sometimes yeah. sometimes we lose that a little bit. Um, yeah. Just, well, just, I'm, just thinking about just thinking about that. I'm reading in uh, Omnibus Volume Two here, and Bruce mm. in, in that one panel, Bruce Wayne is in the background, and he's got the typical like black, you know, with the blue kind of highlights hair. And yeah, then there's right. uh, the you know air quotes lawyer who is you know uh, metamorpho, and he's mm-hmm. got you know just like you know your brown hair. And then the prison guard has like blue hair, like the color of Batman's yeah, right. costume. <laughs> blue hair. Yeah. But the face, it's like partially obscured. But the part you can see, it does look like a Paro's Bruce Wayne face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Rex Mason and shh, Brucey boy. So right away, this hit me as. Brucey boy. So Metamorpho knows who Batman really is. Like this is 1975. Like, really? When did that happen? Mm-hmm. Or, or was that just you know Haney being like I don't care he does know as far as Haney knows he knows mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a huge point of contention in uh in the Batman and the Outsider series um so that's why that's a big part of why I was glad I read the story I mean I read as many metamorpho appearances as DCU Infinite had before mm-hmm. I started the Outcasters yeah um a Batman and the Outsiders podcast found on the right on network plug over. <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> but so i read the story back then and one of the big things that there's a big story in that series on um issue number 13 where all of the team finds out at once that batman is actually bruce wayne and it's a surprise to everybody although black lightning figured it out like on the spot that they were the same person. Um, and Metamorpho kind of acted like it didn't really matter, but he didn't act, but he also didn't, it was, it was still like treated as a big reveal. Mm-hmm. And in the letters page, the letters columns, there were several writers who were starting to come in like, well, shouldn't Metamorpho already have known about that? And Mike W. Barr wrote back in the letters page that, ah, you know, not really. He didn't really know. And, but then, that that issue of Brave and the Bold doesn't count. And the people who read that original <laughs> Brave and the Bold issue were like, oh my gosh, I am going to go on the Twitters and have a flame war because this, <laughs> this, is, this, is, a set. this is gospel that Metamorpho knows that Batman's Bruce Wayne because Bob Haney said so. And it's like, Mike W. Barr wrote back later. It's like, you know, I, I hear you all, but you know, this is a story. So... <laughs> Sometimes we make things up and we change mm-hmm. things because it makes for a better story. Yeah. Uh, and continuity is not a straight jacket. So uh, I, I made fun about going on the Twitters, but it's like, oh, my gosh, thank goodness. Twitter did not exist back in that year because, oh, my gosh, gosh. it would have been horrible. Can you imagine? <laughs> poor, poor Mike Varr would have been crucified. They were. We got to see a pre, we got to see what Twitter would and and the online communities would turn into happening in that letters column (laughs) between the creator saying like, look, I'm just telling the story that I want to tell. And I don't necessarily feel like I have to be beholden to every single story that happened before. And the letters writer saying like, I can't understand. What are you talking about? These stories are sacred. It's like, dude, it's just comics. What? It was so funny. <laughs> well, you know, I listen, I love continuity. I really, really, really do. Oh, yeah. Continuity is fun. But 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't even very steeped in DC comics, especially from the Bronze Age. But at some point, I heard someone refer to Bob Haney as Zany Haney. And I thought, why are they mm-hmm. calling this dude that? And I, you know, did a did a deep dive into what the internet had to say about Bob Haney. Right. And at some point, I don't remember, I think it was an editor. I don't remember who it was, but whoever it was from DC was like, listen, anything that Bob Haney wrote is on like Earth H or Earth B, whatever, for Bob or Haney, whatever it is. <laughs> that, that's where all that stuff happened. None of that stuff he wrote happened on, you know. Earth one or Earth two, it, it didn't happen. So just forget it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has right. his own Earth. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, okay, his stuff was that off the wall. It, it can't mm-hmm. be explained or fit into continuity anywhere. So that's just the way it is. It's like, okay, no problem. Yeah. I have no problem believing this is on an alternate Earth. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm in the same boat as you on terms of I love continuity because I think, like most things, when you see continuity happen, it adds to the experience. Mm-hmm. But I also remember very strongly one writer, and I think it was John Ostrander, but don't hold me to that and don't hold it against him, listeners, if I'm wrong, who wrote that continuity is a tool, not a straitjacket. And I really mm-hmm. like that. I really yeah. like that mentality that it's like we can we still want to tell the best story possible. But if we have to treat every single story as fact that can be a problem because some of those stories, the, the, the things they did in them like this one just don't make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like it, or like they don't add anything to the future by, by trying to enforce it one way or the other. It's like, it doesn't really yeah. add anything to, to say that this is the moment when Metamorpho learned who Batman was like, who cares when Metamorpho who learned who Batman was, it doesn't matter. No, he learned it, it sometime. Doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he learned it sometimes, but it's like, yes. it doesn't matter when, and same page there, page seven. Um, where did, you know, Metamorpho get a spare Batman costume? I, I, oh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know how he did it, where he got it. It almost even looks like in that bottom well, middle panel, it almost looks like the costume, the, the, the utility belt on the costume is rubber and just part of the costume as well. So, hey, it's okay. I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, it does, it does say that he got it from Bruce's penthouse. That he did he go into in. Bruce's penthouse. He infiltrated so. it. <laughs> Yeah. Now, one of the things about that's funny about this to me, though, about Rex Mason in this particular scene is that, you know, in order for Rex Mason to look human, he has to wear a rubber mask. Mm -hmm. Did he really wear a rubber mask that looked like his Rex Mason rubber mask to sneak in as a disguised lawyer for Bruce Wayne when he could have gone in with a rubber mask that looked like any other person and could have, and thus he would have been anonymous. Mm-hmm. I, I, and also he has a mustache on his rubber <laughs> mask. <laughs> and that's one yeah. thing about Rex Mason as his rubber mask, never had a mustache in any of the appearances I've ever seen. He's never had a mustache. So, mm-hmm. and having a fake mask with a mustache, <laughs> a rubber mustache, apparently. <laughs> what is? And I'm more, you know, and I, I, I don't. I, this, I'm is more just, this is bonkers. It's so yeah. funny. It's just, it's fine because I, it's like, yeah, that's it, it's just what he it it's it's fine. It's like it's important for Batman to recognize Rex Mason. It's very important I, for him to know that. So that's that's for the story. That's fine. But mm-hmm. if I and but if I pick at it, it's fun to pick at because like this is silly. 
Mm-hmm. I'm more offended by the suit he has on. Holy smokes. It, that is right, a suit and a half. Yeah, it's a black and yellow striped tie, a yellow shirt, and a green and yellow pinstripe jacket. And right away, this, you know, like my brain went to this uh, uh, cartoon, uh, Tom and Jerry. It's one where oh, yeah. uh, Tom is trying to impress a lady cat in the neighborhood and dresses up in a suit like this. I think it's like orange and something other color, though. Mm. But he dresses <laughs> up and he uh, has a hat and everything. Mm-hmm. I think he cut, cut some horrible looking drapes out and made a, a suit like this. So, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Is that <laughs> is that one where whenever he moved, the pattern of the suit would stay static as he moved around. <laughs> so it's like it, it's it, it, it always looks like it's just a cutout of, of Tom walking around. But it, the suit itself doesn't move. The pattern is just constantly <laughs> staying static as he moves around. It's great. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I always thought those were hilarious when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that kind of craziness. But yeah, that's ex- exactly what this reminded me of. I was just like, what is going on here? But yeah, so... <laughs> Metamorpho is going to spring Bruce Wayne, you know, a.k.a. Batman out of prison here. And I do love that final panel on page seven. Yeah, where Metamorpho changes his arm into a pair of like uh, bolt cutters to uh, get out of the uh, out of the cell through Mm -hmm. the window there. Love that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he and he keeps his Metamorpho stuff on brand by by calling out that he's made them out of cobalt specifically. Mm -hmm. Yes. He has to say what he's made it out of, Um, which is just always funny because Mm -hmm. he's got. Because they very much leaned into with his original stories that he only be- could become elements that were naturally found in the human body. So he couldn't become just any element. He had to be mm-hmm. just the ones that are in the human body. So it made thing it made it difficult for him because he couldn't make things like steel because he didn't make he didn't have all the elements that were needed for steel. But he could do other things, uh, and like he couldn't turn into gold because there's no gold in the human body. So, but it's like they're long past that limitation. But it's like still they're just like owning it and kind of calling off to it. But also, I I just think it's also worth noting that we've now had in a, in two pages of a single issue, we've had both Bruce Wayne murderer and now Bruce Wayne fugitive in the <laughs> same pages, little pages. <laughs> yeah so that's awesome i love it so he yeah he gets out of there and uh <clears throat> right away they're like hey we need to hunt down plastic man and i love this they're on the top of a building and they're looking mm. on the top of another building that looks like it's a mile away to me and batman says hey, they're on uh, well i'm sorry metamorpho says why are we here atop the wayne building and batman says it gives me a bat's eye view of the city and guess who I just saw? Plastic Man entering that skyscraper. And I'm thinking, listen, man, that is like forever <laughs> away from there. Like, I'm sorry, you don't have any <laughs> mutant powers, Batman. You like he doesn't even have binoculars. Mm-hmm. He's just looking. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way, dude. <laughs> no. No. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> He's like, yes, Except the big that. double R home of Ruby Ryder Incorporated. Except that he's, you know, he's Batman. So, of course, he can see. <laughs> he, he's the Bat God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, and talk so, about branding. It's like we've got the Wayne from Wayne. We see the W and the A from Wayne uh, Enterprises. Mm-hmm. And then we see the RR on top of Ruby Ryder's building. So, okay. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> totally, totally understand why post-crisis Lex Luthor had a building shaped like an L. Yeah. And, because I mean, he was just he was just having to keep up. 
yeah, and not to get, you know, lewd or anything here, but Ruby Ryder sounds like, you know, a porn star from the 70s. Like, really? That's the best name they can come up with? They're like, come on, man. That sounds a little... <laughs> that's, that's a little that's a little wild hair, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and here's the funny... Here's a funny parallel between that, too, because we have the next page. Metamorpho talks about, you know, his girlfriend that he fell for, you know, Sapphire Stags. Like, that's a weird parallel that really was not intentional. Between yeah. Sapphire, the name Sapphire, and the name Ruby, Ruby. both being precious stones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a weird, unintentional parallel. But it's, but it, 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 it actually like makes you go like, huh? When you was that on purpose? It, it almost makes you think it was on purpose. But if you read the first story in number ninety-five, it's like, Dad, Dad, there's, it's not like there's any reason that her name is Ruby aside from it having an R, and they wanted to do a, a the alliteration of Ruby Rider. That's I, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And just, you know, being a rich person. So it's a, a, a valuable jewel, you know, it's like, so it's kind of the same inspiration for why they have the name. But it's like also, you know, the alliteration and the, you know, the, 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 the beautiful woman and the name of the precious gem being their first name. It's like, it's a strange set of parallels. <laughs> hmm. And then we have a panel I sent to you the other day. Um, <clears throat> why don't we uh, here? Why don't we? <laughs> Top of page nine. Yeah. Uh, why don't yeah, we let's uh, unpack have, this panel? Yeah. Why don't we have a, a dramatic reading here? Uh, why don't you uh, do uh, the Dark Knight and uh, I'll do Metamorpho? So they're on top of uh, the building and they're going to head over and peek into Ruby Rider's uh, uh, window here. And uh, then uh, the Batman says, Yes, Ruby Rider. I should have guessed that gorgeous witch was somehow behind this. <laughs> but I can't figure Plas. He got badly burned by her. Lots of guys are saps for games. Look at yours truly in my gal Sapphire Stag. Anyway, let's check it out. <laughs> <What>? Gosh. <laughs> I mean, first of all, Batman. Really? I mean, <laughs> okay, if she's a uh -huh. crook, I get it. But that gorgeous witch, I'm like, wow. Get a little harsh yeah. here, Batman. Wow. Holy yeah. crap. Well... After I hadn't read the first, the previous, the previous story before this, it like, mm -hmm. yeah, that sounds really kind of harsh. But having read that other story, it's like, um, mm, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they arrested her for attempted murder. So, you know, mm -hmm. she's not a good person. She's <laughs> no, just, she you know, is not. She's not, not a good person. Uh, and the only reason that she didn't get she didn't go to jail for murder was because she shot Plastic Man and and it didn't kill him. Yeah. Not because she didn't try to kill him. <laughs> but, maybe she should be in jail like, for attempted murder. And they <laughs> they kind of let and it's like, no, I guess it's all it's all good. She didn't because he can't he can't be killed from that anyway. But she didn't know it was Plastic Man. So it's like, this is what? <laughs> as usual, <laughs> as usual. What? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, yeah, Rex yeah, Mason, yeah. Him, him saying what he said isn't shocking because yeah. he's kind of a, you know, his character sometimes is portrayed like that. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then oh, what about Ruby Ryder? Uh, I love uh, her uh, dialogue there when uh, Plastic Bat comes in. <laughs> That's great. Batman, yeah. <laughs> my wonderful lover. You did it, darling. Put that criminal Bruce Wayne where he belongs behind bars. And he says, it was easy, Ruby. <laughs> the evidence you supplied the district attorney was airtight. <laughs> uh, oh, my here, goodness. Here he comes on the whirly metamorpho. 
Yes. We have our we have our whirly bird metamorpho. Mm, keep hovering, metamorpho. <laughs> what? <laughs> I yeah. love it. Blazes. She's controlling and using Plastic Man. And that poor clown really believes he's Batman. <laughs> wow, but man. How? That poor <laughs> clown? Like, wow, really, dude? This is supposed to be your friend, that poor clown. <laughs> Jeez, and she gives him another kiss then. Yes, my precious Cape Crusader. You only did your duty. Now you'd better get back to protecting all of us law-abiding citizens. I'm on my way, Ruby. See you later, doll. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, oh, it's like man. some of the sometimes um, Bob Haney's dialogue for Batman doesn't really sound like Batman. It sounds, it sounds a bit, uh, um, you know, noir detective <laughs> kind of thing. It sounds more like that than like Batman, but you know, it's like Batman's had a lot of voices. So I, I, I really know I'm pit, nitpicking when I say that, but it's like, eh, really, but you know, for, you know, for Plas to say, see you later doll. It's like, okay, I'm now that's already made me go like, okay, this is not Batman anymore because Batman would not say, see you later doll. It's no, no, that just doesn't, that doesn't sound right. So now it's like, okay, mm. now the cat's out of the bag. And then what about this, uh, the the backstory here on how all this came to be. Uh, we get uh, Ruby talking to her. I don't know. What's this guy considered like, you know, a business partner of hers or like one of her top executives or something like that, this Hinton guy. And she's like, it worked beyond my right. wildest hope. That full plastic man got Wayne out of the way. And she says how she wants that uh, uh, sacred, uh, you know, uh, what would you call it? A statue or something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And, and then of course the guy this Hinton says, I'm worried, Miss Ruby. What if the real Batman returns? And she says, by the time he does, the Neji will be in my hands. And he says, but what if Plastic Man spills the whole plot later? And she says, he won't. Before the polymeric catalyst my chemist made to brainwash his freakish mind wears off, we'll feed him another cocktail, a deadly solvent, and presto, no more Plastic Man. So why does he have a freakish mind, can I just ask? <laughs> like, he's just a guy. Like, mm-hmm. what? Freakish? Well, you know, as I, I'll honestly just take that as not really being a a scientific analysis of what we're doing here. Uh, <laughs> it's not really his mind. It's the fact that, you know, his body chemistry will have to work differently. But, you know, the fact that you make anything to, to brainwash somebody, uh, you know, that's a little scary already. Um, but doing it to Plastic Man just requires a little tweak to the chemicals that are involved sure mm-hmm. i that that's what i was taking <laughs> out of it but also because you know ruby's not a good person so she called mm-hmm. it a freakish mind because she's talking you know like oh yeah and we're just gonna kill him to get rid of it because she's not a good person mm. oh, she is then, really really evil yeah and then not to derail the the crazy fun here but in the world is this these three panels in the middle here okay so mm-hmm. i don't understand if this is supposed to be her or hinton this guy hinton she's talking to and i guess it shows her picture so it's her and yes. there's a lemonade stand it says lemonade 10 cents and there's batman well it's really plastic batman standing there and he's yeah. walking up to the lemonade stand and it looks like i don't know maybe like a 12 year old kid and mm-hmm. her and the caption box with it's, it's her speaking says it was a brilliant idea using that midget to slip him the brainwashing catalyst while he began to impersonate Batman. 
it's like, okay, this is the 70s. People were still using that terminology for little mm-hmm. people. But this looks like just like a kid. So is she using that word to describe just this kid because he's a little kid? Uh, what's she talking mm-hmm. about here? I don't understand what she means here. Honestly, I actually did take it as that she really meant an actual midget. and But Jim Apero drew this, which is like, no, that's not what midgets look like. That's not yeah, what little was, people look like. They, it's they, really they, they do not they do not look like children. So no, that was, this is clearly that was, a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then the kid says, here, Batman, yours is for free. And plastic bat says, why? Thanks, son. <laughs> too funny. Yeah. And I love how one of the hoods is watching. Um, too. And he's, yeah, of course, he's got a heater. He's, he's smoking a cig. And he says, all that happened because luckily I kept a spying eye on my old lover, Plastic Man, when he became a bum. The heartbroken idiot didn't know his shabby overcoat was bugged, so little Ruby instantly knew of his deal to impersonate the great Batman. <laughs> oh my gosh. With heartbroken idiot, like oh, he became a bum. Like, man, this she like you said, she is really not nice. Well, she is she's all kinds of bad. All kinds mm-hmm. of trouble. Oh, and then the phone rings mm-hmm. and uh, she says uh, it was a perfect chance to remove the only other bidder, which was Bruce Wayne, so she can get that statue. And uh, she said, uh, you know, how she was cheated on her revenge before of, you know, killing Plastic Man, which you alluded to in uh, issue 19. Or I'm sorry, mm. 90, 95 there where she tried to kill him. But uh, then bad news. Wayne's escaped. He's bound to head for Istanbul. And she says, uh, Ruby says, no cause for panic. Hinton. The government won't permit the Neji to be sold to a fugitive criminal. And. Again, on the Whirly Metamorpho, and they go to the airport, or I'm sorry, he's on the Whirly uh, Metamorpho, but then we see uh, Plastic Man and uh, Ruby at the airport, and they're going to go to uh, to Turkey as well, right? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm, and yeah. <laughs> they're just, it, it. it's also kind of funny just how many round trips we are taking to Turkey and back. It is a mm-hmm. lot, <laughs> and it's not yeah. fast to get to Turkey. It is no. not fast. Yeah. It takes a while. Unless this is so, unless Ruby has it, a Learjet here. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. And then oh, I love how Batman yeah. and Metamorpho sneak on the plane. Metamorpho is makes himself right. into like some kind of metal giant metal box. And Batman hides inside of it. <laughs> we see him peeking out there. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we just hope that Metamorpho puts some air holes in. Oh yeah, and then Batman calls Ruby a cunning witch. Uh, in there while he's peeking out of the box as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. goodness. So she, yeah. the, the, the auctioneer guy here says he must accept uh, Ruby's bid because uh, even though it's half of what Bruce Wayne was bidding, he's a crook, so they can't accept his bid. And then, uh, you know, here right. we go. And, you know, they're loading it onto the, her plane, and we see the metamorpho box there in the background on uh, page 12 there. I like that. You can kind of see his face peeking up mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> what do you oh think yeah. Oh, where is it? Oh, there it is. Yep, I see. I, I actually hadn't paid attention to it enough to see it up there, but yep, there it is. That's so great. This kid yeah. just poking in there. Yeah. I, I. What was I thinking about for this? Um, just that. Oh, because this whole plot is also extremely Silver Age. I mean, mm-hmm. she is going to the to the degree of brainwashing plastic man to impersonate to to impersonate batman to have him arrest bruce wayne 
ostensibly she doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman and that that connection doesn't really matter. There's mm-hmm. no connection between those, but she wants plastic man to be Batman to arrest Bruce Wayne to keep, to get Bruce Wayne out of the way so she can buy this thing cheaper <laughs> that she wanted for reasons. Yeah. So, no, so, so there's no bidding <laughs> it's like, war. <laughs> like, it's like, what is this plan? Mm-hmm. Why, why did you need plastic man? If you're going to frame Bruce Wayne for murder, you frame Bruce Wayne for murder. You, why do you need plastic Batman to be part of the plan? Mm-hmm. Because we need, because the plan. Okay. Because it, because it said on the cover, there's a trio of heroes. That's why. That's right. <laughs> it's like, no, this. So yeah, that part of the plan not needed. So uh, they've been hilarious. So, yes, needed. So they, no. So they've been in America, Turkey, America, Turkey, and now right. within one panel, and so the following day on a lush Caribbean island. <laughs> what? So now they're in the Caribbean. So it's like uh, this one's a really shot on location here. This one's really. Uh, Mm-hmm. This one's really uh, showing us all the locales in there. Batman says, oh. oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. He says, uh, the Neji's up there in Ruby Rider's Villa. We've got to get to it. And uh, Metamorpho, I'm on my way as lighter than air. Hydrogen. And he goes up, and right below the mm-hmm. window, he attaches himself to the side of the villa and makes like a wench. And he's right. trying to pull Batman up, and Batman has... Uh, what looks like this statue. So I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. She bought it. It was in a crate and on her plane. How did Batman get a hold of it? This is another part mm-hmm. that I was just like, what's going on? So it, I guess you don't see this happen, but at this point, they have a fake one, or at least you right. think there's a fake one, and they grab the real one. And then on the back of this fake one is a tape recorder. And then you see the mm-hmm. statue is a. Uh, thought uh having some thought bubbles here and then that's when you realize it's uh uh metamorpho is uh you know changed into this statue to to throw her off and make her think this is the real one Mm -hmm. (laughs) well let's let's also not forget that plastic batman has also said i better get back to gotham oh yeah he's going back he's supposed to be going back to gotham while this all is happening in the caribbean with ruby and real batman and metamorpho so it's like okay <laughs> they're just mm-hmm. they're just shooting around the world like there's no problem. It's yeah, like, it's happens, no problem to travel. That happens in two pages, by the way, all that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then you go yeah. to page 14, and this is weird too. Page 14, we see Batman, and he has the statue on its back. And I'm thinking, I feel like this would be really heavy. But anyway, he has it floating <laughs> it down a river, and he's like on top of it in a real precarious position here. <laughs> and yeah. he's like riding yeah. it like a raft down the river. It looks very bizarre. I was like, wow, what was Aparo up to here? <laughs> he is totally Tom Sawyer down the river with his pole and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I do think it's noteworthy to say that, uh, I bl- that between panels, Batman swapped the statues and he to take the real one away. So we didn't mm-hmm. really see, so we, we missed all that because it was between panels. Because, like, we don't have time for that. Um, but, yeah, and this tape recorder, fully mm-hmm. functioning tape recorder that Metamorpho just made out of himself. Now, <laughs> they have this very helpful editor's note that says tape recording <laughs> is based on iron particles, of which Metamorpho has plenty. Sure. 
but they're magnetized met uh, iron particles. Metamorpho can't magnetize things, can he? I don't oh. know. I don't know if I and I don't know if I want to know. But it's like, <laughs> sure, sure, okay. If 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 that editor's box helped somebody get through the story, God bless them. More power to them. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love. So we're back in the back in the hotel, and Ruby is smoking her her evil cigarette because you know it's and you know it's evil because it's on the end of one of those cigarette yeah. holders. That's oh, yeah, an yeah. evil cigarette, mm-hmm. and. So and there's, so there's smoke fumes going around, and Metamorpho starts to choke and cough on the smoke fumes because <laughs> Metamorpho must be allergic to smoke from cigarettes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's a sensitive guy, but oh yeah, I love it too. And then I love when he changes back into himself, and how he has just a regular looking head there. I was like, wait, what? It doesn't look all like you know silvery or whatever his normal head looks like. Yeah, I think they miscolored that because it looks it. It seems like it should be just be, it should be more white, but it looks like it's maybe got miscolored a little bit. To, yeah, I, it's flesh, um, it's flesh tone. Yeah, yeah, it looks flesh tone, but it looks like it's miscolored. And he's also like grabbing the tape recorder that he's made from himself off of the back of the head. They could have just said that this is a tape recorder that he that he grabbed and 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 held in place on the back of his head with his shape changing. He could have just done that. That would have been fine. I don't mm-hmm. know why it had to be made for meta. It didn't really have to be made for Metamorpho, except of course, the, you know, the self-reliance of the superhero. So there you go. But it's like, but also is a little bit disturbing, you know, from him grabbing the tape recorder, ostensibly thinking that it's even if it's just implanted in the back of your head, that's like ew. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> ew. And then the fact that it's made from him, oh, double ew. Mm. And then I love too how you know at this point Ruby's like, oh crap, what am I gonna do now? You know. uh, it, I don't I don't have the statue plus metamorphos here and in my face and he's going to easily take me out and one of my goons here that looks like, you know, a 15 year old kid. So she's like, hey, go get plastic man quick. Well, they apparently had uh, f- like were in the process of feeding meta. Um, I'm sorry, plastic man, that concoction that was going to kill yeah. him, dissolve yeah, him or yeah. kill him, whatever she said. So this punk comes running in, and says in the name of heaven, don't drink that. And Plastic Batman is like, huh? And the guy comes over and slaps it out of his hands and says, Miss Ryder needs you. And then he comes running in. And we have a we have a pretty cool fight here between uh, Plastic Man and Metamorpho. But I don't understand mm-hmm. why he jumps out of the bat suit. Why does he do that? Right. Um, <laughs> because it's awesome. I... <laughs> before before we get into that a little bit, I just gotta say that you know the picture of Batman holding up the coffee coffee mug with one finger through it and the, uh-huh. the handle and his eyes looking to the side when he's like, huh? When the guy says, "Don't drink that," I've saved that panel because that panel is a thing of beauty. So just oh, yeah. so you know, um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. But Ruby says, "Remember, you have plastic powers. Use them." Mm-hmm. Yo, know, and that alone was enough to break the spell for plastic <laughs> Batman to remember that he's actually plastic man. I was like, you're right. I'm a double threat crime fighter. And he jumps out. So that's why he jumps out of the costume. Yeah. There's like, ca- I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> and, yeah. The caption box reads in the masquerading Cape crusaders already confused brain. Something responds to Ruby Ryder's shrill command. 
And I'm thinking, listen, that caption box and her saying that and him jumping out of there is rubbish. It's like, it's the most (laughs) ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life, but it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Even the caption, but even the caption box person is throwing some shade on Ruby, calling a shrill command. Uh (laughs) They're throwing some shade. Oh my gosh. Mm, but yeah, it's a pretty here. good fight. I mean, Plastic yeah. Man tries to grab Metamorpho. Metamorpho gets out of his gas. Met- Plastic Man turns into a balloon to suck the gas in. And then Metamorpho pops himself out. It, this is really pretty great mm-hmm. in terms of, yeah. of, of shape-changing battle. Uh, it it really made me feel like um, uh, the, the sword and the stone. The battle between mm-hmm. the wizards. And them constantly up one-upping each other Yeah, as they change shapes. This is really pretty great. I'm yeah, lo- I dig it. Yeah, it's pretty fun and pretty cool. And Apparel did a great job with it. And you know, uh, once uh, Metamorpho does, you know, turn himself into a pin or a nail or something, there to come busting out of the uh, balloon like plastic mm-hmm. man. Uh, yeah. Ruby says, uh, A tape recorder, grab it. And uh, plastic man says, A cinch for me. And Metamorpho, no wait, putty brains. <laughs> and then they both reach for it, and uh, Plastic Man does get it. You know, he gets there before him, and uh, Ruby's like, good work. Now crush it. Destroy it. And here, uh, I guess her uh, concoction from the Lemonade Kid uh, start wearing off. And he's like, I feel dizzy, and he drops it. And, you know, Metamorpho uses a, uh, turns his, his hand into a baseball mitten, uh, grabs mm-hmm. it. <laughs> right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And here we go. He's himself back up. So, yep, that's pretty great. And then poor Plastic Man, he gets shot at again by Ruby. <laughs> That's just not nice. Yeah. What is she doing? But yeah, this one wraps up in like a snap of a fingers. She tries to shoot Plastic Man. It doesn't work. She tries to run mm-hmm. out the door and Metamorpho turns himself into like an iron gate with these crazy spikes on it. I thought, wow. Yeah. <laughs> if she would have ran into that. not playing around. That is Whoa. not playing around. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. And then Plastic Man finally is, you know, come out of his... Uh, brainwashing and says she says we're trapped and he says you can say that again ruby baby but save your breath for trial <laughs> love it oh, yeah love it oh quick 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 adjustment oh it's actually Tin uh, who shoots at plastic man not ruby oh is it because she also oh, says oh yeah she also says didn't you know you can't hurt him with bullets she learned that in issue number 95 so yeah, she knows not minion, to shoot him her minion there. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh too funny though but then it is much later. The place, Gotham City. And we see all three heroes walking down like a courtroom steps. And uh, Plastic Man says, what right. an incredible, vicious scheme Ruby Rider pulled on both of us, Batman. And Batman says, thank the stars I had Element Man here to start things swinging the other way again, Plaz, until you came to your senses at the wind-up. <laughs> <laughs> I, holy this smoke. dialogue's on point. This dialogue is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a little bit more dialogue, though. And then you have uh, Bruce Wayne delivering the uh, statue like he said he was going to to the Mm -hmm. uh, the indigenous people there. uh, And uh, that's that's interesting. I thought they had at this point totally forgot about that. And it was just going to end with Mm -hmm. the three of them, you know, having their like, you know, little uh, conversation together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of things we have also is that we have um, Plas saying, but what happens to me going back to being a panhandling bum again? It's like never. The way you handle those bank robbers is my stand, and you were spectacular. You're a superhero for all seasons. Right on. And it's like, <laughs> how is he now a super? How, how does so? 
how does him saving the day get him a job so that he's not homeless anymore? Mm, the, the, Wayne, I, the Wayne Foundation, I, that's how. <laughs> it's, it, why didn't it do it before? That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, why didn't yeah. they watch out for him before? Why, why <laughs> did they let that happen to him in the first place? It's, mm-hmm. I, I understand. I understand what the message they're trying to say. It's like, you know, you were a hero, man. Good job. It's okay. You'll be fine. Like, why? But Shake it he, off. He wasn't fine before. <laughs> he wasn't fine before. <laughs> um, and a little bit, and it's like, you know, the whole, oh, something, something stolen from the indigenous people and like the, the great white savior thing is like, but, but the heart, their heart's in the right place. Their heart is in the right place and that this is like a thing being returned to somebody. So I yeah. do appreciate that. I do appreciate that take on it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's, so I, I, I'm glad to see that that, that they actually did follow through with that. It's like, no, we're actually going to return. Now, the other thing that's funny though about this to me is that, um, not plastic Batman, but actual Batman's last appearance before this final page is all the way back on page 14 when he's rowing the statue down the river. <laughs> That's true. And actual yeah. bat actual Batman is not in the book after that page until the final after that scene until the final page. It's all yeah. plastic Batman and then plastic man and metamorpho. That's it. Four, yeah, four pages of just that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He has been just rowing the statue down the river this whole time. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, that is just too not wild. That, not that Ruby Ryder really needed anybody else besides Plastic Man and Metamorpho to, you know, arrest her. They didn't really need anybody else. To, they, they can handle it. I'm sure they, they can handle it. But it's so funny to see, you know, Batman is really basically like not in his own book at that after that point. So did he row the statue all the way from the Caribbean to Africa? Like, <laughs> <laughs> How long would that take? <laughs> I, I, I know he didn't, but I, I want to pretend that he did. Uh, but, you know, because well, we have to have this, this scene in Gotham first. So, mm-hmm. you know, he took the statue somewhere and then they all went to Gotham City and then Batman flew all the way to Africa. And, and for Bruce Wayne to hand the statue over. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know for sure where he took the statue to get it to that other stuff. But, you know, he's 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 Batman. He I'm sure he figured I, he had it. He had it. Mm-hmm. No worries. He's on. He's the man. Probably a private jet and everything. So it's not a big deal. We'll get it there in no time. <laughs> you know, I real well. So I, I realized that that we didn't have the last third of the synopsis, but it's like, I don't think we need it. <laughs> Mm, no. It's like, oh my gosh. Because <laughs> I think we've covered. Right? I think we've covered it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we oh got it covered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was a crazy one. Like I said, not quite on par with the 124. That's like one of the ultimates. Like, if you look at the Brave and the Bold, and especially the Haney written stuff, 124 is hard to top. I, I 83 is mm-hmm. up there as well. Uh, the, the 95 one we referenced here too is kind of crazy a couple of times. There are a couple of yeah, other wild yeah, ones. Definitely. One, one fifteen is pretty insane as well. Uh, but this, this, this one's up there too. This is a, this is definitely one of the top crazy issues, mm-hmm. especially with the, the different, you know, you know, pieces of the plot with, you know, pl- plastic man looking like Batman yep. and Batman, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the line between a, 
a story that you enjoy because it's wacky and a story that makes you go, are there just really problems in this story? Is probably very fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Fine line. It's, it's, it's so wacky and charmingly silver age, but also having some awesome moments within it. That's like, I think it's, I think it's safe to say it's just wacky. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So, all right. Any final thoughts on this one or, you know, you're ready, we ready to wrap this one up. Well, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about um, Jim Apparel's artwork on this mm. one. I mean, obviously he does, he does a, some great Batman, obviously. Mm, I mean, like that, the panel of, 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 it's you know, obviously it's fake Batman, you know, a lot of times too, but like, that doesn't matter. But no. you know, his eyes for, in that with holding that coffee cup, it's like, oh, that's just beautiful. I'm definitely keeping that one around. But I have seen um, a lot of Apero's metamorpho in Batman and the Outsiders. And this is obviously an earlier version of yeah. his work on an early version on his take. So he draws him actually a little bit more cartoony in Batman and the Outsiders. Um, oh, okay. A little bit, a little bit simpler, a little bit less of the kind of, details and extra lines on the face he actually does with a little bit less and he gives him like bigger eyes but i still like it i think it's a really good metamorpho i think it gives a great take on the character um and his plastic man oh his plastic man's fantastic yeah i mean it's it's really good it's just and we we don't get enough of his plastic man honestly um which even though the character ostensibly is in the story almost the whole way through you know he's drawn as bruce as batman basically he's really batman and all that yeah. part. so we don't really get plastic man but the pages the panels we do and the page we get with plastic man are just amazing and uh and even things like his goggles all look good i mean and the uh, the fight between plas and metamorpho is amazing um and like when he's starting to get like loopy from the drug um because mm-hmm. he's take he's drunk a little bit of it so he doesn't feel good uh the, his face there and the including like how his goggles all are working in that panel. Like that's really great. It looks so yeah. good. Um, and dodging the bullets and, you know, when he's get, when he comes to, and even his, even when he squares off against Ruby at the end and looks at her straight in the face, says, you can say that again, Ruby baby, but save your breath for your trial. It's like, <laughs> it looks great. I just, yeah. oh man, an apparel plastic man, uh, series would have been, just phenomenal i really think wow yeah yeah just even think about that would be great but yeah apparel was mm-hmm. really on point in this i mean let's be honest he almost always was you know <laughs> when you look mm-hmm. at you know his anything from brave and the bold to you know those specter issues he did with michael fleischer his Phantom oh, yeah. stranger right. oh man he was mm-hmm. he was he was one for the ages i, I really love uh really love apparel's artwork well yeah and, and the specter was not above some shape changing effects so mm-hmm. that gave that gave definitely an excuse for that kind of thing in those stories for a pair to draw um, yeah so but he's showing that he really can just bring it for these two characters who are prime who that's their whole gig their whole gig is shape changing um and it just yeah. it's just fantastic I, I mm-hmm. thought i thought it looked great and there's only a couple of panels of jim gordon too but i love how he draws Jim Gordon, mm. Commissioner Gordon. Oh, he yes. looks great. Yes, yes. Love yes. it. Absolutely love it. So, all right. Well, how about, is there any one thing in here that really stood out to you that you could pick out? Any, uh, you know, Haneyism here? Anything part of the dialogue or story that you're just like, 
Oh, this is insane. This is this is this is it. <laughs> it's it's really hard with, with this particular yeah. story. There's <laughs> so much to choose from. Um, but you know, you, you just gotta give it to the big beats, the big beats of Commissioner Gordon giving Batman the assignment to go arrest Bruce Wayne. And the pay the immediate page following that of it actually is happening. And like you know, that right away, you're right off the bat, you know, you're, you're jumping in on the zany Haney right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Metamorpho coming in, bust Bruce Wayne out of prison <laughs> and knowing that he's Batman. And it's, mm-hmm. and that's, that screams Haney. It's like, I don't, I'm not worried about details. It's like, when did you know that he was Batman? Who cares? I need him to bust Batman out of jail because I want, because <laughs> I want Metamorpho in the story. It's not because, you know, Metamorpho's in, not because Batman couldn't get out on his own. It's because he wants Metamorpho in the story and that's what he's doing with him. So yeah. that's just, you know, right there. And then, you know, Ruby's incredibly elaborate plan just to buy a statue that she wants for reasons. So, <laughs> yeah, those, those, you know, does that is just, Haney all over just those three things. I mean, those major beats in each one of them. And, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard, hard to pick one of them because they're just all amazing. They're, yeah. They're just scream out him. I mean, did, did you have a particular one for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's easy. It's the dialogue and the whole scenario on page two there of the crooks being inside the bank and the car coming up with the old lady putting a grenade into the drawer of the bank. <laughs> I absolutely love that because until you go to the next page, you don't know what's going on. You're thinking this old lady did that. I'm thinking, oh, is this old lady like some kind of crazy crook or something like that? What's going on here? And then <laughs> you see that's not the well, case, yeah, but I love yeah, that. An old lady who broke through a police line to mm-hmm. go put something into the, <laughs> the deposit, deposit box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. And the, and, and the crooks, they were like, hey, this is this is great. We'll take her money too. We didn't think for a moment about her breaking through the police line. Really? Really? Yeah, that didn't bother you? Apparently not. <laughs> well, you Which know, these sense. Gotham cops, mm-hmm. <laughs> they yeah. don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. This is one crazy issue. And uh, yeah, man, like you said, apparel was great. Great stuff with Haney here with the writing and some of the dialogue. Just, you know, it's, it's good for a good laugh. And it's a fun issue too. It's a fun issue, fun issue to get and mm-hmm. just check out. So definitely loving this one. So, all right, my friend, any last words on this one? Get out and get it, right? No, I think we've done good. <laughs> we've done good. It's a good issue. And I, I agree. It's, it's definitely worth the read. Absolutely. Yeah. This is one you got to have, whether it's, you know, omnibus edition or, you know, digital, whatever, get on there. It's, you know, like you said, it's on the app. You can get out there and read it that way too. So, all right, my friend. Well, before we wrap up here, so you had mentioned Batman and the outsiders, you were covering that with a couple of your good friends on the outcasters. So uh, why don't you talk about that for a second? Absolutely. So the show, as I've met, maybe I haven't mentioned it yet. It's called the outcasters in case I haven't <laughs> said that yet. It's called the outcasters. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a Batman, and the outsiders podcast. Cause we cover Batman, and the outsiders on the podcast. Because mm-hmm. you know we're professional. I'm a I'm a professional podcaster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> aren't we all? Sorry, I had a little something caught. Had a little something caught in my throat there. Uh, and we are there on the Right On Network, um, and I do that show with um, the uh, Grand Poobah of the Right On Network, Ashford Wright, AJ Wright. He's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. 
and with our good friend Sarah Century. Um, so we have we have a lot of fun on that show covering stories that are almost as wacky as these stories. <laughs> and to hear, and it's uh, one of the great things that AJ is reading these stories for the first time when we're going through this. He hasn't read these before, so he brings that perspective of someone who hasn't had a chance to digest them or you know uh, overthink them or you know be in the point of. Oh, I've read these, so I already know what's going to happen next. It's not, they lose their shock value. So I love yeah. having a, those fresh eyes because about every episode, AJ says, this thing's insane. So, and he's right. <laughs> he is right. <laughs> but it's a great show. We have a lot of fun on that. Um, and you can also catch AJ and I on the Batgirl Cassandra Kane podcast where we cover our favorite version of Batgirl, the Cassandra Kane version. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to have a favorite favorite because I love all the Batgirls, honestly. Um, and because right now we are mm -hmm. covering the new series Batgirls by DC Comics, which does feature, you know, Cassandra Kane, Stephanie Brown and... The original Barbara Gordon. Well, not mm. the original original, but you all know what it, you you all know what I mean. You all know what I'm talking about there, and that's a great show as well. You can find all of them on our um, website, thehunterspodcast.com, because there's other shows that are in the same group that that same podcast feed. We have the Huntress podcast, which covers you might guess DC's Huntress, and we have Feathers and Foes, a Birds of Prey podcast, and so check them all out. And that is on thehunterspodcast.com. And you can find us also on Twitter at um, the Hunters Podcast. And you can find the Outcasters on Twitter at Bat Outcasters. And you can find me on Twitter at Tim Price17, where I talk about my various comic book ramblings from here and there. So lots of good places to find me. Just try to avoid me. It can't be done. <laughs> yeah for sure and then as of this recording you have just put out episode 29 of the outcasters and that covered issue number 26 yes. as well yeah so yes yeah. With the the big villain of cobra with a k mm -hmm. so big, yeah big things are happening big things yeah. are happening yeah so get out there and definitely check out the show and like i said it's on the right on network and that's w-r-i-g-h-t right on network right mm -hmm. exactly see i I didn't even you didn't even need me. You were mm -hmm. you were right on it with a W on top of it. So, <laughs> all right, my <laughs> friend. Well, thank you once again for uh, joining me for this. This has been fantastic, man. These uh, are awesome, uh, awesome issues. I really love the brave and the bold. Anything Haney, anything apparel. Love them and uh, love having you on, man. Thank you. I appreciate you being on. Oh, thank you. I had a great time. It was always, always so much fun talking last time. And we got as you keep giving me these gems to talk about. So they're a lot of fun. So appreciate it. And the show is fantastic. Well, I thank you, my friend. And I'll have to uh, scheme and uh, get uh, another issue in mind here and uh, get you on again in the future. So uh, we can uh, talk about another crazy one. I would be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right so once again thank you tim and then i'm gonna step out for a minute and then come back in to wrap up the show from out of the pages of dc comics comes the world's newest and greatest superhero plastic man he can spring he can stretch he can fly he can bounce he can change his shape and he can even dance. 
Each week, Plastic Man will face the world's greatest collection of villains. There's action. There's comedy. There's danger. There's Penny. There's bad luck, Hula. There's plenty for everybody on the Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Show. Eat your heart out, Pate Man! All right, everybody, that wraps up this episode of the show. Once again, I want to thank Tim for being on. Uh, definitely check out uh, his uh, Outcaster show, you know, where they're uh, doing an index uh, show about uh, Batman and the Outsiders. You know, cool show. Definitely a crazy comic, too. You know, like he said, not, probably not <laughs> quite on the level of uh, Brave and the Bold, because, uh, of course, it doesn't have Haney writing, but a uh, really cool comic. And like he said, it's, you know, Jim Aparo and Alan Davis, you know, got some really good artists on that one as well. So definitely check out that show and look him up on Twitter and give Tim a follow. All right, I'll catch you next time.